Thank you for joining us. Our goal at Church of the Rock is to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To learn more about us, please check out our website at churchoftherock.ca or stay connected with our free app available for Apple and Android devices. Well, now it is my deep pleasure to introduce our special guest speaker because not only is he a friend of this church, he is a friend of mine. I've known him for a very long time. He served as senior pastor for Calvary Temple here in Winnipeg for 25 years. Yeah, Um, that's almost as long as I've been alive. Okay, you guys laughed way too hard at that. Um, if you've been involved with Mission Fust or if you have uh, come out to um, uh, the church camp this past year, he uh, served uh, in both of those capacities, and um, we just love him to death here at, uh, at Church of the Rock. Pastor Mark's not here, so he's not going to get picked on nearly as much as he normally would, um, but we just love him here. So please make him welcome, Pastor Bruce Martin. Thank you, dear. Bless you. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. It's a delight for me to be here. My wife, Miriam, of 51 years, and I were together last night here at the service, and she has, um, she has gone to Selkirk. We attend Selkirk the last year and a half in our retirement. We have a son that pastors a church up there called Bethel, so that's where she is this morning. And it was her turn to be in children's ministry, so uh, <laughs> she had to go. But we'll reunite today, uh, a couple of uh, hours afternoon, and we will um, enjoy our day together. It's good to be here at Church of the Rock. Uh, here we are, near the end of the year. Well, I began my year right in this room on the first Sunday of January sharing, someone already come up to me and says, I remember your sermon on apples. And so, uh, oh, that's the old guy, yeah. So that's, uh, we were here then, and then we had a great time at the camp this summer, and so I am so delighted to be here. So I want to uh, share with you that, um, well, let, let me just say, I'm always encouraged when a church is doing well. And I have heard that this fall, with this bless, you know, the, the emphasis, begin with prayer, listen with care, eat together, serve in love, share your story. It is my prayer that what I share today will add to that. That all of us will say, there's a purpose for me. And here's why. You know that I have a great respect for your pastor. And I appreciate the fact that he's wired like an evangelist. Like stand on a platform and be an evangelist kind of guy. And you know what can happen? I'm not saying this does happen. But what can happen is if your pastor is a wonderful evangelist, we get to come to church and watch him work. And we say, wow, didn't the pastor do well today? Oh, I think maybe 8, 10, 15 hands were raised. Praise the Lord, we're doing evangelism. And there's a measure of truth to that. But there's so much more of being a Christian than watching someone else do the work. Because we're all on the team. Every single one of us. 
So that's what I would like to share with you today. And here's how we're going to do it. Now, in my background and tradition, there were times when we would stand to read God's word. So if standing is difficult for you, you don't need to stand. But if you could stand, we're going to read the Bible together from John chapter 1. Let's stand, everyone. And uh, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to read it off the screen. And uh, I'm going to make sure that I read it, some of it off here and some of it off here so I can just connect with all of you here this morning. So this is from God's book, the Bible. And here's the story that we want to, um, to share with you. Here, here's the title of my message. A Lifestyle of Intentional Invitation. A Lifestyle of Intentional Invitation. And here's where we're going to find it in John 1. Let's read it. Can you read it out loud? And I'll sort of keep the pace of a grade five school teacher. And, and so I won't race ahead. I'll try really hard, okay? The next day, John was there again with the two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Nathaniel and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. I want you to say that with me. Come and see. Say it a little louder. Come and see. And everyone said amen to the reading of God's word. You may be seated, everybody. God bless you. Now, as you read that, there were parts in that scripture that just made me want to jump. Uh, come and see. And Andrew brought Peter. Hallelujah. 
And so that's the passage, the interactive passage of the Word of God, making it very clear that you and I can be involved in helping our friends connect with Jesus. And I just want to encourage you today, yes, thank God for the leadership team of this church. I'm very thankful for the invitation for, the, for an old retired guy to come and preach. And so I'm glad to be here. And you need to be thankful for all the wonderful gifts of leadership we have here. But every single one of us can be involved in the ministry of helping people come and see come and see, inviting people to come and see. So I want to share things today, three of them actually, spiritual disciplines that have a purpose. Now there's going to be three of them, and people often wonder, why do ministers do that? They only share, well, The reason we do that is so that you know when to nudge your neighbor and say he's on point three, wake up, it's time to go. So however you take the three, we we will get through them today. Number one, and think about the passage we've just read. Be insightful. Did you notice? People in their everyday life were recognizing that other people needed to come with them to see the Messiah. And they reached out, and they asked, and they posed the question, could this be the Messiah? Could this be the one? And so I want to encourage all of you in your world, where you live, and where you work, and where you play, and where you're involved with people, wherever there is people, Be insightful. Now, I don't know if you know this, we're not Jesus. We do not save anyone. Have you ever tried to save someone? I've helped people for many, many years. I was a pastor for almost 50 years. Still am, sort of. Especially when I come here, I just feel, those baptisms nearly sent me into heaven. That one testimony, I just... I, can I tell you, I sort of miss that. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that people still come to know the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your work is here in this place. Thank you, Lord, that there are people here this morning that are going to feel the touch of the Holy Spirit. And they're going to open their hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's still at work in your life. And in this church, he's alive. He's here. But I want to remind you that we're not Jesus. And I'll tell you why. Because sometimes people disappoint us. And when it comes to being invitational, when it comes to welcoming people and saying, come, would you come? I hear that we're having a renewed emphasis here on Alpha, and they've just finished a course, and they're going to have another one. And you want to invite people. And I don't know if you've ever been disappointed, but I've been disappointed. And I've had things that didn't go the way I thought. Do you know what my responsibility is? My responsibility is the invitation. The yes or no is up to God. 
It's not up to me. I can't make anything happen. I can only invite. Hallelujah. And I want you to know I've had some wonderful victories and some wonderful salvations. It's been amazing. And so um, I want to just mention one other thing real quickly. This invitational, when you figured out, some of you have been around 20 or 30 years, you say, ooh, he's talking... He may be calling it someone else, something else, inv- inv- intentional invitation, but, but he's really talking about evangelism. And that makes me feel guilty. And I don't like it. And I want you to know, we do not earn our salvation by anything we do. It's only a privilege. We don't earn You know, well, I haven't talked to anyone today about the Lord. No, 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 no. Relax. God will bring you with the insight of the Holy Spirit. God will bring you to people. You will find that the Lord is guiding your steps. Hallelujah. And we have this wonderful place. We have so many opportunities to be invitational. So let me just remind all of us. For it is by grace, say grace, Grace. you've been saved through faith, it's not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, say it out loud, not by works, not by doing evangelism, not by talking to a hundred people, not by works. So no one can boast and say, oh, I've helped a lot of people. No, the Holy Spirit helped a lot of people. And so don't take that burden on you. It's too heavy. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so I just pray that the Holy Spirit will give you insight, not so you can earn points, but so you can see the victorious work of the Lord in someone's life. And I believe that God, by the Holy Spirit, this fall has been giving you new patterns and new ways to reach out to people. And I pray that God will help you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will help you to be intentional. Be intentional. Be insightful. People are longing for that sense of connection. People in Winnipeg and all over the world are longing for spiritual connection. Now in some cultures, people go swim in the Holy River, in India. In some places, they go to a mountain and put a sheet over their head. And there are people that use many different ways to come to God. I want you to know that we get to invite people to Jesus. We don't bring them to a world religion that is based on good works. And if you do this and this and this and this, you'll finally make it. For by grace we are saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works. Do you know what, friends? Maybe someone brought their friend here today. And that whole concept about, 
I always thought, Pastor, it was trying to be a good person. I, I, my neighbor who brought me today is a good person, and that's what I want to become, is a good person. I want you to know, friend, the Bible says none of us are good enough. None of us. Are you sure about that, old pastor? I'm pretty sure of that. I live with me, and none of us are good enough. We have a trailer. We took nine grandchildren to the trailer this summer, and I want you to know, I believe in original sin. <laughs> you put nine grandchildren, put their four parents in various places around the camp, in their little cottages, and doing meals, and eight-year-old falls off his bike, breaks his arm. First thing he says when I got to him, he says, am I gonna die? I said, no, you're not gonna die. And then he said, Liam made me do it. <laughs> How many know there's a lot of Liam made me do it in us, right? <laughs> we have that, and we all, say all, we all need a savior. And if you're here today looking on how to become a good person, I encourage you, give up on that. That's not going to work. But coming to Christ, who is the only one who is good. And he died on a cross to pay this penalty for your sin. And at the end of this service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me to receive Christ. And this can be the change in your life that you've been looking for. And it's not trying to be good. It's saying I'm not good. I think Christians get a bad rap when they get accused of being, oh, they think they're better than other people and they're spiritual snobs. And no, 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 no. True Christianity is, how did John Wesley, not John Wesley, John Newton put it in the great hymn, Amazing Grace, a wretch like me. We're all wretch. We are. And uh, if you don't believe that, put two two-year-olds in one room and give them one toy. You'll find out how good they are. <laughs> and I believe very much in original sin, and we've all been touched by it, and we're all doing it. Right. And we need a Savior. So, come, he replied, and you will see. Invitation. Come. So they went and saw where he was staying. We have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus and said, follow me. Wow. Be insightful. Secondly, be available. Be available. Everywhere you go, be looking. Remember, this is what it sounded like in our scripture reading. Come, he replied. Come. You will see. So they went and saw where he was staying. We have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. And he said, follow me. And then Philip said, come and see. <laughs> come and see. So be available to be intentionally invitational. Be available when the Holy Spirit gives you insight and says there's a need there. And, and you'll be thinking about what's coming up, the Christmas event, whatever it is, and say, Holy Spirit, show me how to be invitational. I want you to pretend for a moment that you are Andrew. And uh, I want you to ask yourself, who is the Simon Peter in my life? Now, I don't know how many of you were living in Winnipeg in 1967. That's a while ago. 56 years, actually. 
And I want to ask you if you remember when Billy Graham came to Winnipeg. How many old timers are here that could say, I sort of remember? Do you know that for 25 years I pastored here in Winnipeg and people would come up to me, and I don't mean just once a year, I mean often, 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 where people would say, you know what? The direction of our family was changed in 1967 when we went to the Billy Graham meeting in Winnipeg and he gave an invitation for people to come to faith and our whole family has been going in a different direction ever since. Now, how did that happen? Well, let me tell you how it happened. Months before Billy Graham arrived, people would come to churches in Winnipeg and hand out Andrew cards, Operation Andrew. And it was a card that you could write names of friends on. And you'd take it home and you'd pray over it, put it in your Bible. And you'd list the guy at work and you'd list the neighbor and you'd list your brother-in-law and you'd put it all, and guess what? Then when Billy Graham came and you'd been praying over these people, you're like Andrew in the Bible, Operation Andrew, who can, who's the Simon Peter in my life who needs to be invited? And guess what? People came to faith. And it's because somebody was intentional about an invitation. And so I want to encourage you. Maybe you think you've known everything, you know it all, you go to church, I'm doing my part, quit bugging me, pastor, I'm good. No, we all need to learn to invite. And, and because you invited yesterday doesn't mean you can't invite tomorrow. And so all of us think about this Operation Andrew. Where did it come from? Well, it came from the Bible. So I believe that all of us can learn from this scripture this morning. Be invitational. I want to introduce you to Michael Harvey this morning. And uh, he's from England. He's part of the uh, movement there in England. And he has been talking to people for the last 20 years or so about being intentionally invitational. And he talks about being open to divine appointments. Being open, that God is opening the door for you. And, he, and, and I know immediately there are people saying, this is beyond me. I can't do this. Well, let me give you a little word from Michael Harvey. He's boiled it down, if you can say nine words. Would you like to come to church with me? Would you like to come to Alpha with me? Would you like to come to the men's breakfast with me? How many get it? We get it. And you say, yeah, but what if they say no? What if they say yes? You're not in charge of the yes or no. You're only charge of the invitation. So this Michael Harris Harvey, Michael Harvey. That was his name the last time I read it. He goes through four barriers to availability. He says, why do Christians get in neutral? 
Number one, fear, lack of confidence. How many know, you've lived long enough to know that fear really doesn't make sense, right? What's the worst thing that's gonna happen? No, okay, good. Fear keeps us silent. Fear keeps us in a, and I live in a neighborhood. I reach out to my neighbors. We are involved in the lives of our neighbors. In fact, we use Christmas as a time when we give gifts and take tarts and do all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, (laughs) my my kids were, in Brampton, Ontario, we had Miriam's prodigal brother lived in the city. He'd sort of ended up on his own. And, uh, and they used to be very concerned. You know, kids that were 15 and 11 and 7, you know, Uncle Doug gets on the prayer list, right? And, and every time they invited him to come to church, he'd say the very same thing. Oh, thanks, Cher. Thanks for the invitation. But I got to go right home and do my laundry. He said that for five years. I got to, he had a lot of laundry. I say that to say this. Do not be afraid of a no. Keep on asking. Because God had a transformation miracle for Uncle Doug after 42 years of running away, the Holy Spirit brought him today to the Lord. And he may even be watching today in Brantford, Ontario. Second barrier, self-centeredness. You know, we live in a culture, even believers. What do believers say to each other? I, are you enjoying your church? Are you having your needs met? Hmm? That's the wrong question. Are you involved in something that's bigger than your own life? Are you involved in a big machine that reaches people with the gospel wherever it leaks out? Hallelujah. And I come to church every Sunday to celebrate the goodness of God and to see other people come to faith and to cry during a baptismal service, which, which I did. That's good, Bruce. I'm telling you, it's bigger than us. Right. And it's not about, is he meeting my needs? No, am I helping someone come to the Lord who's got more needs than I'll ever have? And I thank God for his grace in my life, and I thank God for the opportunity to bring people to faith. Real quickly, you know what happens when people get hurt in a church? Have you ever seen that happen? I can always tell because people sit about three rows back from where they used to sit. And then six rows and then 12 rows, and then 15 rows, and they're just about ready to go out the door. Why? Most of the time, it's about third-party offense. The issue had nothing to do with you. You just heard about it, and you got mad. It's none of your business. If you're not part of the problem or part of the solution, 
Let it go. (laughs) And here's what happens. Over 50 years, I compiled this kind of person. This isn't a literal couple, but let me tell you, they started on the front row, they moved back, 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 back. They're almost going out the door, not having my needs met, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? The phone rings and it's a brother-in-law. And the brother-in-law says, it's been a long time coming, but your sister left me a note yesterday and she moved out. And I'm in a lot of trouble. Please help me. Do you still go to that church you go to? Uh, yeah, sort of. We're sort of at the back, but we're, yeah, we're there. Well, can I come with you? Well, when a new person comes to church, they don't want to sit at the back. They want the front row. So this couple gets dragged up to the front, and they're sitting there. And guess what? Their loved one comes to faith in Christ. He wants a Bible. He wants to come to church every time the doors are open. And guess what? This couple that were moving back are now at the front. And the pastor's preaching the most amazing messages they've ever heard. Why? Because their heart got changed from self-focus to the brother-in-law focus. I'm telling you, it is 99% of what keeps people involved in a local church is knowing that your coming to church is bigger than you. And when you got a brother-in-law sitting on the front pew with you, you got purpose. Hallelujah. Perfectionism is a barrier for some people. I'm waiting for the perfect moment. Well, there won't be a perfect moment. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. I can just say to you honestly, I don't have a perfectionist bone in my body. I'm a slob. But I want you to know it gives me lots of flex. As my wife says, you're the most easy person to get distracted. Because I just follow where the people are, you know. Wherever there's a neck to hug. Short-sightedness. Barrier number four. Do you know James Dobson? Focus on the family. I had the privilege of serving on that board for 10 years in Canada here. James Dobson tells a story. Years and years ago, a box was mailed to the Focus on the Family office in Colorado Springs. And in that box was an old beat-up trophy. And here's what it said. We're renovating the high school. This was in a dumpster. Thought you might like it. How many know that some of the things we cherish the most as years go by, they end up in a dumpster? In fact, if you want to be honest, let's put dumpster stuff with a red sticker. You know? You know that car you're so proud of that you drove and it's in the parking lot that someone's banging into at this very moment? You know that car? Put a red sticker on it. That's all it is. Over here, there's green stickers. They don't go in the dumpster. The green stickers go to heaven. And you know what? There's not many things on the green sticker list. In fact, every one of the green sticker lists has a name. 
the kids God gave you, the neighborhood you live in, every every single one of them has a green sticker. And you know what? We need to, this barrier of short-sightedness, what in the world are we fussing about? We need to be concerned about the things that don't end up in the dumpster. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and venom destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we did be insightful, be available, and we did some hindrances to availability, and now let's do be faithful. Be faithful. Be intentionally, like Michael Harvey says, come and see. Would you like to come to church with me? Jesus said, I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. I don't know what you do for a living. I don't know what you do here in this church, but I know this. And let me tell you, I know this. The most important job we all have is in John chapter 1. Come, come, come and see. Come with me. Let me help you come to know Jesus. And so this is just about the moment when all of us are going to pray. But let me give you this. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work. And the work is daily. The work is inviting. The work is bringing. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove successful. No. Be attractive. Well, hopefully you are attractive. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be intentional. Be inviting. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Be intentional in being invitational. And everyone said, Hallelujah. Let's stand together, shall we? Praise God. And let me just add that those that follow people, much of this came out of the Billy Graham Graham School of Evangelism. They say that most people need 8 to 12 touches, invitations, relationships. And I often say to people when I... God has given me the opportunity to lead many, many people to Jesus in a one-on-one. That's sort of the gift that God's given me. And I often ask them, in fact, at our 50th wedding anniversary, I had two grandkids doing a spoof on grandpa. And uh, they, they had me in a Walmart store. And the one kid did, said to the person that I'm talking to in their play, said, Uh, Is there anybody in your family praying for you? Well, how did they know that? Because they've heard grandpa say that. When I lead someone to the Lord, I say, by the way, 
by the way, is, is anyone praying for you? <laughs> and they go, oh, that's my aunt. She sends me tracts from Halifax every Christmas. <laughs> and she says she prays for me every day. I said, congratulations, I'm the answer to prayer. <laughs> I believe that. I believe it. And that makes my life worthwhile to be looking for the answer to prayer. And do you know what? Somebody's in this room today. Somebody's in this room. That's an answer to prayer. And we're going to just let you come to Jesus right now. Just, Just pray this prayer out loud. Everybody in the room, help us. Dear God, thank you for this day. The best day of my life. I felt the call, the invitation from Jesus to be forgiven. He paid that I don't have to. And I've given up all that. My human effort to save myself. And I ask you to save me. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's helpful at this moment because Church of the Rock does this so well. The discovery, a place to grow, things to, that you need to know, and ways to get connected in the church, and all of that stuff that needs to happen. How many are here this morning and you say, I have never experienced, I've always believed Jesus died on the cross, but I, I never really connected that it was for me. <laughs> like I knew he sort of did everybody at once, but not and I am sensing something. First of all, I felt badly, and then I felt really good. I felt, ooh, I, that's why I needed grace, because I, I got all kinds of junk inside of me. Did anybody experience that this morning? Just lift your hand, look at me, lift up. Anybody here say, I prayed that prayer, and God really did something in my heart today. And I know you're in this room today. I was praying for you early this morning on my four-kilometer walk. And I said, oh, God, let there be people that come to faith today. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for the privilege of coming here. I don't take it for granted. And I thank you, Lord. I've done the asking. And the yes or no is up to you, Lord. So let it happen. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks for joining us. We want to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To find resources to grow in your relationship with Christ, go to churchoftherock.ca slash next. You can also join us at one of our campuses, including our interactive online campus at churchoftherock.live. For locations, service times, or to support the ministry of Church of the Rock, please go to churchoftherock.ca or download the Church of the Rock app.